Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is not here, um, but but you have got Sarah Gonzalez here and uh, Jason Buttrell filling in. I have to tell you, I don't know how Pat and Keith do this every day. It's so early. It's so early. This is Keith's element. He's like, literally, I walked in this morning and all I heard was, I was like, there's a stereo on full blast. (laughs) Someone left it overnight. No, or, or, or. This is just the only way that he can survive this early. I guess. This yeah. early. Keith was literally like narrating a story and it was echoing <laughs> down the entire studio. I was like, dude, you are way too much of a morning person, bro. It's uh-uh. so early. And I, as those of you who are watching on television can see, I just gave up when it came to my hair because I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. I cannot do it this early. Um, and you're just stuck with what, what you're looking at. Um, but so... I was <laughs> I was reading this morning um, a story, Jason. I want to get your take on it, and I only I I didn't tell you really what happened because I want to get your your genuine reaction to this because I'm torn on this. So I was reading um, there is a mother in California who has been banned from her daughter's school. Um, this is a middle school in L.A. She's been banned from her daughter's school. Um, because her daughter came home and her daughter told her that she was being bullied. Um, and you know, mom, like I'm, I'm trying to stick up for myself, mom, I'm telling the teachers they're not doing anything. And so the mom showed up at the school and, um, (laughs) she told the students, if you look at her the wrong way, if you breathe the wrong way, you send your mom over to me. And so the school didn't like that too much and decided to ban her. Um, Now, she did have a really great point, which was kids are committing suicide, you know, every day. Kids are getting bullied in school. Kids are getting harassed. I mean, bullying is an epidemic now. I was just looking looking for the figures on that because I just saw a story that said it was the number two cause Mm -hmm. in death for, I think it was like 13 to Mm 18-year-olds. That's catastrophic. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So um, kids are, you know, getting bullied. I don't want that for my daughter. So... Like what? What else can I do if the administrators are not taking care of this? Yeah. What would you have me do? So it led me to an interesting, you know, debate in my own mind, which was, I think I would probably be that mom um, <laughs> because I don't typically have a problem putting kids in their place when their parents aren't doing so, like at play places or whatever, if they're messing with my kid or if they're, um, you know, they aren't letting him buy or, you know, whatever. I just go up there and I'm like, uh, excuse me, could you let him buy? Thanks. Excuse me. Could you not push my, my kid? Thanks. Like, I don't have a problem saying that. So I feel like if my son was in middle school and that was really a problem that was not being taken care of, I think I would I think I would be the mom that would go up there. And Uh, and I guess if I got banned from the school, I'd get banned from the school. Yeah. Uh, What are you supposed to do if the if the school is not doing its job? And typically the school does not do its job when it comes to bullying. No, not at all. Like they're literally phoning it in on this. Yeah, absolutely insane. I know. I I just I just found it. it. Suicide is replaced. 
uh, homicide as the second leading cause of death among U.S. teenagers. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And it's just getting worse and worse. You know, I don't know. This is a really weird conversation. And I'm like, I hesitate to do it. But like, why? Like, is it is it parenting now that, that kids are like, if are, are we like are. Is this or is this generation that's or maybe it's the last generation or whatever that's that's ra- started that's been raising kids? No, I mm-hmm. guess that would be our generation. That would be right? us. That'd be our generation. <laughs> we are raising <clears throat> children currently. Are, are are they teaching them not to face their issues and handle them and run and you know and like ignore it and hopefully that's, it'll go away? So I'm torn here because I think that it's a little bit of that, and I also was trying to to think of. I also don't think we're teaching them what's bullying and what's not. Right. So I do think that there is a bullying epidemic, but I also think that because I've heard it before and and even, you know, some of my my son's friends at, you know, the age of six, they'd come up to me. They're all playing. They'd be like, so and so was bullying me. And I'm like, what do you mean they were bullying you? Well, they, you know, took the toy that I was going to take. And I'm like, that's not bullying. So I do think that that gets thrown around a lot too. And I think that things get maximized Mm. maybe because like you were saying, um, we don't teach kids to just deal with life. And they think that anytime someone throws some sort of, you know, um, objection at them that it's bullying, but I have heard the word overused. So I will just throw that out there that like, it's not always bullying when someone doesn't like you. It cracked me up. There was that, was that Clint Eastwood uh, interview with, I don't remember who it was with, but it was like, it was like maybe a year ago where he said this was the P generation. And, uh, you know, I don't remember this. You don't remember this? No. It was so great. It was like in Variety maybe or something like that. But he was like, yeah, this is the P generation. Absolutely. He goes, when, and back in my day, he was like, I moved around a lot. And yeah. he goes, I, I literally, you would you would get into fights at every single school because they would test you. But that happened once. Do you do you want to say what that what the P stands for, Jason? No, oh, I don't. Okay. I, I, I don't. I, I'm a newbie at this, and I don't know what can get me in trouble. Here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be one of yeah, them. That's one of them. I'm, I'm fairly certain that would be one of them. But but for those of you out there, Jason does not mean urine. <laughs> right, right. The letter. I just the like to clear of. that up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like I, I've actually heard that from my kids as well. They're like, oh, quit bullying me. Quit bullying me over just stupid stuff. I'm like, yeah. how is your sister bullying you? This yeah. is my son. And she's like, well, she's like, you know, saying stuff. I was like, so what? Give it back to her. If she gives you some, right. you know, some, you know, some junk, then you give it back, you know, and then, but don't ever let them know that it's bothering you. you so, know, just- so what are your rules for fighting then? And not, not between brother and sister, but that, but you bring up, you know, okay, if someone's giving you some stuff, someone's giving you the business, yeah. you can give it back to them. What is what do you, do you teach your children that if someone swings first, they're allowed to swing back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. If, if 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 violence, this is what I teach. I've taught my son from day one. If violence is threatened on you or someone weaker than you, mm-hmm. then you inter, inter, intervene. You get involved. So okay. I, I don't just say it for yourself. Right. I say for other people as well. And that teaches him not to be a bully. You know what I mean? That teaches yeah. him to stand up for people that can't stand up for themselves. I've been very, very, that's kind of been my own personal honor code. You know, um, he would get, he would get probably suspended from school. Yep. And I would clap it, clap it, him the entire way. Yeah. If it, cause I mean, school nowadays, um, and I, I don't know if you saw this, it was uh, maybe two months ago, there was a video that was circling around Twitter, and I know how you like the Twitter sphere, <laughs> so I assume that you've seen this, fight, but fight. 
But um, yeah, it was a fight between two girls in a classroom. And the one girl mm. went up to the other one when she was still sitting in her desk and just started pummeling the crap yeah. out of her. I mean, it was bad. And there were a bunch of dudes sitting around and they were filming it. Yeah, they yeah. were talking about it. They were yelling. They were cheering. But nobody was intervening. And my initial comment was, and I stand by the remark, um, but my initial comment was, why are all of the men, all yeah. of the males just sitting there watching this happen? Why is no one intervening? I and know. people were like, well, they don't want to get suspended from school. Didn't that girl get seriously hurt on that? Or I wouldn't. I mean, I never heard. I was like, I'm surprised she's alive right now because she the other one had her at a disadvantage. She's stuck in the desk. Yeah. Like she was literally stuck in the desk. She had nowhere to go. And the girl's just pummeling her. So See, that, that, I'm sure she was seriously hurt. That That's yeah, that's that's the problem today with like the people's first reaction is not to help. It's mm-hmm. to get the the footage mm-hmm. like complete. Like totally. It's like the old like Seinfeld, you know, uh, episode where. You know, they they see someone get mugged, you know, and they just stand around and laugh at it. Like, yeah. hey, it's just what happens. There was a Black Mirror episode that was like, you seem like you turn I've on the seen, Black Mirror. I've seen Black Mirror, but not all of them. I think it was like the first season, I, I believe, where they, it was, a, it was like a game show. And like, they, like someone would run outside, get attacked, and then everybody would pull out their phones, you know, and just film it. And everyone loved to watch it, you know, on TV. But it was like satire on how everyone, yeah. they don't help out anymore. Right. They just look to film the carnage. Right. But that's exactly what, what we've become. Yeah. But I mean, look, bullying is going to, I mean, you can do stupid little P generation, you know, like. Uh, what, again, what's that? What's the that letter P generation oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, stuff that they say, let's have bullying campaigns to teach them that it's not whatever. Kids are always going to bully other right. kids. Right. You know, stronger people are going to take advantage uh, mm-hmm. all the time until we start like teaching, you know, our kids like stand up for yourself for crying out loud. But not only stand up for yourself, but stand up for the people that can't stand up for themselves. Yeah. That's it's just going to continue. It's that's how it's going to be until Jesus comes back and the world ends. It really is. It's also the school systems, though, right? Because if the school system is saying we're not going to handle, you know, we're not going to take true bullying seriously, um, you know, we're not going to address it. Oh, and furthermore, you're not allowed to help out, right? Like they're teaching males that they're not allowed to help out. They're not allowed to come to the assistance of a female if she is being hurt or in trouble. They're not allowed to try to break up fights. They're not allowed, you know, I mean, like their hands are tied too. So if someone such as your son, you know, you're teaching him, hey, you need to stand up for people who don't, who can't stand up for themselves. Um, He goes in there and then he's faced with the choice, do I intervene and and get and get suspended from school and harm my own you know um you know scholar career or do i sit back and just stay hands off and make sure that i don't get in trouble with the school and i mean not filming it but i just mean intervening at all yeah this you know i and i think we're, we're hitting on maybe another even deeper conversation on like how how you want to raise your kids these days, especially as a conservative, mm-hmm. like your son, like you have to like instill with him. Like these are, these are our values. You know what I mean? You instill those values in him, like pro-life, you know, values, yeah. um, you know, uh, I don't know, like, like this, like helping out people when, when they need to be helped. If, if, if there's ever a time where the school or, or like religious values, mm-hmm. but if there's ever like a, like a state institution, like a school or anything, and they're trying to say, no, you have to suppress those values because, 
I guess the typical government answer is we know better than you right, do. Right. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. We, we have to be very, very firm. You stick up for people, regardless. Like if there's violence is threatened on somebody else, you intervene. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the school says. Yeah. Uh, I tell my son to pray in public. Pray in public. Let the school come after us. Mm-hmm. I do not care because I have your back. That, that that's awesome. your values. That would be so awesome. You would get you would get some um, big you know agency. I'm sure that would represent you in a lawsuit. Oh, and absolutely. And then you could make millions. Totally from, but, from well, the school district. Well, that's what I'm really going after. But I mean, <laughs> shut up, Sarah, because you just blew it. But um, but no, like imagine if more parents were like that, and yeah. you we we had that attitude with our kids, then yeah. we we would start to become the majority, and they couldn't push us around because. Mm-hmm. In essence, the school is bullying us. Yeah. And oh, look at us you overusing that word Woo! again, Jason. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> Everyone's bullying me. <laughs> uh, all right. So, got a couple questions for you guys. Do you, mm, I don't know, believe in abortion? Um, probably not if you're listening to this show. Do you want sanctuary cities? Probably not if you're listening to this show. Uh, so, I want to know why are you supporting companies who spend your hard-earned money to promote these things? Probably because you don't realize it. So Big Mobile, yeah, that's a thing, uh, has given millions of dollars to liberal causes like those. And every month, you know, you pay your phone bill and you're actually financing the left and undermining the values that you're fighting for. You're fighting for them over here and then you're financing them on the other side. So that is why conservatives came together to create Patriot Mobile. So now you can get the same nationwide coverage for less money and obviously without the unintended consequences, right? So I know you're, you know, you're worried about, oh my gosh, what if something goes wrong when I switch? Can I keep my number? I want to keep my number. Okay, you don't have to worry about any of that. It's really easy to switch to Patriot Mobile. You get the same reliable nationwide service, unlimited talk and text, plans starting as low as $25. And each month you can support the causes you actually believe in. You can mention Blaze when you call 1-800-APATRIOT or go visit them online at patriotmobile.com. Dot com slash blaze. You can get free activation today. You can make a difference, but it takes action everywhere. Start by making the switch. Go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze, or you can call 1-800-A-PATRIOT, and that is the letter A, 1-800-A-PATRIOT. All right, speaking of uh, sanctuary cities, Jason, um, <clears throat> we were talking a little bit yesterday on the news and why it matters. If you have not tuned into the news and why it matters, you can do so on Blaze TV. We uh, we do that show Monday through Friday every day, 4.30 Central, 5.30 Eastern. We were talking about immigration reform because Trump, you know, came out and made the announcement that he is... He's pushing an immigration reform plan. They have finally unveiled. Um, I don't know if they've unveiled the actual no, not the actual it. text, yeah. but they have unveiled the the high points of it or what right. they would like to to be. Um, you know, they would like to propose as the high points of it. And we discussed it a little bit, Jason. Um, but give us the rundown on what these high points are that are being reported. It's pretty much what what we what we expected, and a lot of them are like I, I, I guess some campaign promises or just other like since he's been elected, some things that he said that irritate him about the immigration system. But one of them is we've heard him talk about uh, chain migration. 
That's one of the big uh, pillars of this reform. He wants to get rid of chain migration. He wants to replace it with uh, a more merit-based system. So basically what that means is, you know, um, if you've got a bachelor's degree or you've got a specialty in a certain area, which is actually, and that's a whole other conversation, the administration really needs to say, you know, kind of like the Manhattan Project type era where we were like, we need all these nuclear scientists. Yeah. We need to do something like that for AI. You know right, what I mean? We, we right. need to go out to all these places and say, hey, write your ticket, baby. Come into the United States. We'll give you this, this, and this. If you are leading mine in AI, yeah. come on yep. in. Yep. Uh, bring your families, too. You yep. know, it's everything. We don't want China uh, to be the only ones right. doing that. Right. I mean, what could possibly go wrong when it's yeah, just China who they'll has They'll be totally responsible. Yeah. They'll be totally responsible with it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's great. I've got no complaints there. Chain migration sucks. They need to go to more of a merit-based system. It's always been like that, really, or it was back in the day. Um, they need to go towards that. Um, th- he's also causing, uh, calling for um, uh, E-Verify to be like the standard. Um, there's uh, He's calling for, let's see here, where was the, where's the highlights? E-Verify, ending chain, mer- uh, chain migration, um, and, a f- and a few other things. So, so I have no issues at all. With, with with what they're asking for. It, it, it would make things better on the surface. Now, here's the problem. Here, here, here's my big issue with it, is that there's no cause for a reduction mm-hmm. uh, in, in any of the immigration. The mm-hmm. same amount of visas will be, will be issued. And I think right now we're around like 1 million legal into the, into the United States yeah. a year. Yeah. 1 million. This is every single year. Um, right now, we are at a record... 45 million uh, legal and illegal immigrants in the United States. That's 45 million. Just the 45 million, though. That's insane. That, little, that, that is unsustainable. And if we stay on this, on, on this track, which it doesn't even look like, even like President Trump, he, he's, one, he's been probably the most hawkish on immigration. Mm-hmm. If he's not scaling back, what the heck happens in an, another administration or two? Now, what people, and I'm getting these numbers from the, uh, what's this called, from the Center for Immigration Studies. By the way, if you haven't gone to the Center for Immigration Studies, you need to go there. They have some awesome analysis. Um, CIS.org. Um, if, if, you stay, if we stay on I, this What if I want to get my analysis from CNN instead? It's probably going to be skewed uh, in a certain direction. Oh, okay. <laughs> probably like, what immigrants? There's no immigrants. There's like five total right now, and it's no problem. <laughs> um, also, they're undocumented, not illegal. Yeah, okay. that's right. That's so right. Um, if we stay on this trajectory, we will be at record levels uh, in the, within the next two years. Like, it'll never be higher. I'm talking about in the history of the United States, ever. Um, and this this is what pisses me off, Sarah. Do you want to know what pisses me off? I was just thinking when I woke up this morning, what I really want to know what pisses Jason <laughs> off. So I'm really glad that you brought this up. Please tell oh, me. We're such a great team. I love that. That's what you were thinking this morning. Um, this is the thing. The left has never cared about immigrants. Mm-mm. In fact, they've never given a crap about immigrants ever. Um if you look never given a crap at a chart at when immigrants were coming into this country and when they were being kicked out there is a huge decline around 1913 huge decline so we were letting in tons of immigrants around 1913 um something happened somebody the government changed course and said nope get these immigrants out of the country and don't accept anymore that was Woodrow Wilson's administration he didn't like immigrants he didn't want them into the country mm-hmm. he said no forget it then 
the immigration numbers started to plummet. They took another massive nosedive in the in the 1940s. That was FDR. Again, another huge. Pro- These are progressive number one, progressive number two. Mm-hmm. They did not want to have anything to do with immigrants. Now these are the two basically left Moseses. You know, it's like yeah. Jesus oh, yeah. and Moses yep. right there for yep. them. Yep. Um, they didn't like it. Now it only the left suddenly changed course in the 1970s, and that was during the LBJ uh, massive welfare state. You know, the war on poverty, all that. It only they only shifted course and said, okay, now let's 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 have immigrants. Why? Because they wanted to build their welfare state mm-hmm. system. What feeds that? You keep getting more and more people into the system, more people that are dependent on the system, mm-hmm. people that need these benefits, and then we can continue to grow it. We can continue to grow. The government has grown by leaps and bounds ever since then. That is why it's not phil- you know, for philanthropy. It's not for any kind of like, oh, we just love people that, you know, all over the world and, you know, war zones and we want them to come in here and be perfect and, you know, safe. No, they don't give a crap about that. They just want to grow their system. That is why they all of a sudden look. Think about what other big ticket items right now. Immigration and increasing these um, uh, entitlement programs. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting how those two things go together, right? Yeah. Now, I will say this. Um, I read this morning. This is separate from his immigration plan. But I did read that officials in the White House are confirming that President Trump is going to use the Insurrection Act of 1807 to remove illegal immigrants from the United States. Um, first of all, woe if true, because the Insurrection Act is essentially um, the president's ability to deploy troops within the U.S. to, you know, um, to put down any sort of lawlessness or um, rebellion, stuff like that. And the last time it was used actually was in 1992 by H.W. George H.W. Bush used it um, with the L.A. riots Mm. to get those under control. Um, So and then before that, it was used to enforce desegregation in the 50s. Um, So now I now I I agree with your point that you can't um, you can't come up with this immigration plan and not address the fact that we are bringing people in at just increasing rates and we can't sustain that. Um, But if he is saying he is going to, you know, actually have um, U.S. troops obtain these people and get them out, that's that's huge. That would be huge. I don't know that I see that actually happening. Uh no, I, I think. Can you that, imagine the left's talking points on that? <laughs> if they're they're going to call it a humanitarian crisis down at the border when people are, you know, illegally coming into our country and we have to detain them because we don't know who they are and we don't want strangers into our country. Can you imagine the talking points if we're like rounding people up? <laughs> sending them home. I mean, politically, it'd be catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, that politically would be as catastrophic as like firing uh, Comey was. Like, probably the right thing to do, but politically catastrophic and could set you back. Like, I don't, I don't. That's, I don't know what I, how I feel <laughs> I, about. I don't either. U.S. troops being I don't, you know, deployed. I don't. I, I don't like either. That. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, even like the H- HW, which what, he wasn't a pillar of conservatism, really. But um, I don't know that. I mean, why would you? 
I was like, I the LA was, riots were. I mean, those were bad though. They were bad. I, I think it's I was not like, like that's going on right now. I was like in junior high school or something like that at the time, and that was just insane. My wife actually lived there, um, and it, it, it was crazy. But I don't. I mean, are we really? Can we really say that? Ninety-two. Law enforcement couldn't have handled it. Oh, I was I seven. Mean, right. I think I might have been a freshman in high school. Actually, ninety-two. You old. Yeah, graduated ninety-six. I am. Um, but yeah, I just ugh, in my gut, I'm like. I don't know that I agree with that. So did that, does that say he, he's planning on doing it or it's just a rumor from like the air quoted sources say that he's he is planning on here. Let me see. One of the officials. Says. Um, it says, according to multiple senior administration officials, the president intends to invoke <laughs> to, the president intends to invoke the quote, tremendous powers of the act to remove <laughs> illegal immigrants from the country. That's probably an exact quote. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't get any closer to real yeah. life than You're that. Missing so, words huge, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that sounds more like a threat. Leaked. Give me a break. There's a there's a very there's a Trump doctrine. And again, we were talking I was talking about this in the news and why earlier this week. Um, the informed policy, the Trump doctrine, is pretty much to try and intimidate the crap out of the other country. The second is to make it look like you're willing to employ, you know, deploy forces. Yeah. And the third is after those first two steps don't work, hit him with economic sanctions. I think that we could probably use that his foreign policy doctrine to his domestic policy as well. You first try to intimidate. So Try to intimidate the, the left. left. Okay. Yep. I was going to say no, not Mexico. No, 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 no. Uh, try to intimidate the left. If that doesn't work, move on to two. Number two is invoke executive powers to, you know, get what you want. If one and two don't work, then move with something like, like, remember like when, when there was the sanctuary city and he said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to withhold federal funding. Mm -hmm. That would be the equivalent of like sanctions. Yeah. So, in my opinion, this is step two. Like, he, ha he tried to intimidate him on didn't work. Step two was uh, threaten an executive action, which in this case, this leaks out. Mm -hmm. Those two are probably not going to work. So, three is, okay, let's move in again with some kind of federal uh, funding withdrawal or withholding. That would be my guess. That would be my guess. I, uh, but just even the optics of that, I don't love um, especially when, like we said earlier, the, the left is constantly trying to portray him as, you know, uh, insensitive and this is a humanitarian crisis and President Trump doesn't care about brown people, which, you know, it sucks living in a world where the president doesn't care about me. I'm just saying, I, know, I feel Sarah. it every you, day here at my here at my job. I've got a uh, couch at my right stable. there. If you yeah. want to like tell me how you feel here at my stable full time <laughs> job, where you know I'm there's no issues, uh, you know, because the president is not what how we, as we know he's not a racist against brown people, right? Like there's no actually no actual proof, no hardcore evidence, no concrete proof that he hates brown people. I'd like to just clear that up for anyone who was confused it's actually but and, and to go off that it's absolutely insane that because he's looking at securing the border and having mm -hmm. immigration policy mm -hmm. but all of a sudden he's racist and hates brown people mm -hmm. mexico has a lot stricter immigration system than we do they deport more people than we do mm -hmm. from south america are they being called racist or don't like brown people no i can also assure you 
from what we know about President Trump that if the influx of illegal immigration was coming from Canada and it was a bunch of whiteies, he'd have no problem going <laughs> up to the northern border and shutting it down. Yeah. He'd have absolutely no problem with it. Oh, and he's tra- and he's already, you know, it's it would be legit if he did. They gave us Justin Bieber for crying out loud. <laughs> um, Shut the damn border down. Excuse me. Hold on. <laughs> Shut up. Excuse me. Shut hold up. On. What are you about to no. say? No. I know this is going. <laughs> there is a collaboration that just came out a week ago, actually, to the day. Justin Bieber. Don't say and it. Ed Sheeran. I knew it. God. It's so good. I knew it. Oh my God, Jason. It's so good. It's all oh. I listen to in my car now. It's Song of the Summer. Song of the Summer. It's so amazing. It's called I Don't Care. Exactly. I do not. <laughs> it's called I Don't Care About Jason's Opinion because it's unfortunate that I have to work with someone who has such poor taste in music. Now, I will say I'm not a Biebs fan. But he did, he was involved in this collaboration with my boy, Ed. So everyone look it up. All right. Just, it's, it's amazing. You need to, you're welcome. Okay. Fangirl. You'll thank me later. Ultimate fangirl. Uh, if any of you out there are looking to buy or sell your house, um, might I suggest you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn and Tanya launched this for a really simple reason. Help you sell your home for top dollar and as quickly as possible. Um, it's a really complicated process buying and selling homes. And you're not the expert. A lot of times the real estate agents that you look up on Google or Facebook, they're not actually the experts either because, you know, they're doing it part time or it's someone you don't know very well. It's like uh, my sister's brother's niece's dog sitter. Yeah, they're a real estate agent. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want realestateagentsitrust.com. They're already vetted. They're the experts. They have been vetted by Glenn's team. That's who you want to use. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Pat Gray, Unleashed. Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell filling in for for Pat. Okay, we have, I just have to say this. We have a um, someone calling in the next hour, and I am desperately trying to get this information over to uh, our producer Candace, and I can't use my phone. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot use this modern technology. I cannot. I just saved the contact as someone else's name accidentally, and now I have to go back and change her name and then send this all of this modern technology is too much for me beyond you i I can't i cannot be trusted to handle it uh all right let's take a minute to talk about uh your life and the life of the people you care about um you know it's it's important to stay healthy for your family for yourself and um You know, there was the health crisis that we had not too long ago with uh, a member of our Blaze family, Jeffy. And, you know, it really hit home that you got to take care of yourself. You know, we all need to be to be looking at ways to stay healthier. Now, I know Pat Gray, not a big fan of vegetables. (laughs) I don't think Jason here is a big fan of vegetables. No, I don't think Jeffy was a big fan of vegetables. Does a potato count as a vegetable? No. Dang it. I so mean, I, technically it counts as a vegetable, but for this conversation, it no. It doesn't. It does not count as a vegetable. 
Um, well, there is no excuse anymore to say, oh, I don't like vegetables. I'm not going to eat them. All right. Because it's now as simple as you take a jar of field of greens, you put a scoop into your water, into a juice, into a smoothie, and you mix it around and you drink it. And it's real food. Um, it's real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. It's complete with antioxidants. It boosts immunity. Um, and it's prebiotic and probiotic. I'm telling you, I have my husband sold on this, by the way, whenever um, he feels like he hasn't eaten enough vegetables. He just, he goes, he puts it directly in water. I know a lot of people are concerned that it doesn't just taste good when you just mix it in water. It really does. He drinks it all the time by itself. It tastes great. He was shocked. I was not because I know that drinking and eating healthy can be good. But um, it's real food. So if you need to be a little bit healthier in your life, you know that you're not going to actually eat the vegetables and give your body the nutrition that it needs. You can go to BrickHousePat.com and get 15% off of your first order with the offer code PAT. That is BrickHousePat.com offer code PAT for you men out there who need some more vegetables in your life. Uh, All right. Jason, I'm going to need you to help me pronounce. Uh, okay, first of all, stop looking at her picture. Woo! No, <laughs> I refuse to comply. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Hello, back to earth, Jason. I'm going to need you to pronounce this this woman's name for me. Radic- yes. Radikowski? I think that's good. Yeah. Radikowski. Radikowski. Emily Radikowski. All right. She is sticking it to all of you men who agree with the abortion law in Alabama. She has got you guys. Mm. Yeah. She has got you. Keep sticking it, girl. She is so (laughs) mad that men would dare say that they have control over women's bodies or force women to do something to their bodies that she has decided to pose naked. Yeah, we'll never recover. Mm. We're down for the count. Ugh. God. I love this m- method of protest. This cracks me up. <laughs> it's like uh, there's this hilarious there's this hilarious photo of someone like protesting Putin somewhere and she just runs out and just bears it all, you know, in front of him. And he and she looks all pissed off, you know, like bam, take these. You know, see these. <laughs> and Putin's like and he's got a all right. he's got a hilarious smile on his face, yeah. like ear to ear grinning. Yeah. And then it's a perfect like why do you think this is like bam, nailed him. You know like <laughs> what? I don't get it. She so Emily is so outraged that she has posed nude and she's got her arms covering her tatas and a flower petal covering the lower region. <laughs> what? <laughs> to express how angry she really is because we haven't ever seen her posing like that with no clothes on. Why would so why would that be like you know, obviously, this is just for attention. Obviously. Obviously. Because otherwise, you would do like a, the more you know type, you know, special, you know. No, otherwise, you would. I mean, I could even see her doing something like The Handmaid's Tale, where they all dress up and they're fully clothed and they're like, uh, you know, you're never getting into our bodies again type thing. But this is kind of not proving the point she thinks it is. Even the Alyssa Milano thing, which was ridiculous. Yeah. But at least that, that was, I guess, I mean, that's less sexed up. I guess you'd better to say no sexed up. And this is a whole lot of sexed up. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's completely opposite of what the other part of that movement is saying to do, really. 
Uh, yeah, the, the, her actual caption on this. Thank on you. The, That's exactly picture, where I was going to go. Yeah. And you should probably and I highly recommend you go and look at this uh, Instagram post. Um, she is E-M-R-A-T-A, Emrata or whatever. Yeah. At Emrata. Yeah. Hey, by uh, all means, go and Jason, see it. Yeah. I was going to say, are you now you're like promoting her? Absolutely. Everyone, absolutely. everyone go to Instagram.com slash. Do it. E- <laughs> I mean, before warned, you will be I've knocked. i Jason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. lost Jason for This the is the topic the for the next hour and 15 minutes or 20 <laughs> no, minutes. It's certainly We're just going to stay on this. Um, but yeah, so her caption was, This week, 25 old white men voted to ban abortion in Alabama, even in cases of incest and rape. These men in power are imposing their... W- I wish we had like some theme music to go behind this. Like Barry White or something like that. I think that would be... Uh, Think that would be good anyway anyway these men in power imposing their wills onto the bodies of women in order to uphold the patriarchy and perpetuate the industrial prison complex by preventing industrial prison of low economic opportunity the right to choose not to produce i am so sick of these made-up stupid words <laughs> or phrases the industrial prison complex by preventing women of low economic opportunity like they just string together big words now i think that that's the it's the aoc way Anyway, I think she she continues, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she continues the state. Oh, this is a quote. The states trying to ban abortion are the states that have the highest proportions of black women living there. This is about class and race. It is a direct attack on the fundamental human rights women in the U.S. deserve and are protected by under Roe v. Wade. Girl, do you know what you just said? <laughs> Does she know what she just said? No. No, she literally does not. So basically, no. she's like, we need to keep killing those African-American babies that are coming out. This is absurd. Yes. And- to be in order to not perpetuate the industrial prison complex by preventing women of low economic opportunity. The right. It's what? <laughs> Can you imagine if someone on the right said that? No, actually, they probably say, yeah, as long as abortion's involved with it, it's good. But this is one of the most racist things I've seen. Mm-hmm. That's that's oh my gosh! Is you know she should continue to be the spokesperson for this for this movement. I guarantee because she keeps owning herself. Uh, she she's simultaneously owning herself with the caption, but also doing conservative men a big favor by running around <laughs> naked and showing everybody. So yes, Emily, Rada, whatever your name is. You go, Rada, girl. Radikowski. Keep it up. Oh, by the way, Radikowski, 25 old white men voted on it. Are you trying to say that men don't know the difference between what's living and what's not living? They have no opinion on life because that's the stance they're coming from. They know what's alive. They know what's a human being. So they are. It doesn't matter what race, what sex, what anything ever. This is a this is a, something that affects us all. So everyone has a say in it. And uh, I, I Alabama's would, governor is female. And yeah. she's the one that signed the and bill. That, and that's what I was going to say is I would also like to add that it's just a complete hoax um, to perpetuate the false narrative that it's only men who are pro-life. There are plenty of women out there who think that you guys are killing babies. So let's not make it about a men versus women thing. I, yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would venture to guess that there are women who are more outspoken about being pro-life because they are the ones who, I mean, like you go through the, you know, having, getting pregnant, feeling the, the baby kick when it's inside you, going and looking at the ultrasounds, hearing the heartbeat. I mean, that made me more fired up than ever after I had my son. Once you go through that process and you feel the life inside of you, it's pretty hard to turn back and say, no, it's not alive. You can kill it, which is why it's so bewildering to hear Alyssa Milano of all people. Um, you know, she has children. 
So how can you as a parent, I don't get it. How can you as a parent be so outspoken about allowing women, um, you know, abortions up to birth when you have children Yeah, and you know that their lives inside you? I don't get it. The uh, yeah, women. That's a very good point. Women are actually one of the, the a large majority of the leaders in in this uh, you know life comeback here mm-hmm. in this fight. And how just awesome! So I, it's fake <clears throat> to say that it's all men. It's not. They're totally go- fake news. They're totally going towards uh, making because the, they know this is going to get shot down, and by the courts. I think they know this. Mm-hmm. It's going to go straight to the Supreme Court. Let it. Let it take another year and a half to get to the Supreme Court. Why do I say that? Because if it goes, it takes another year and a half. That gives us more time to maybe get another Supreme Court justice up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Amy Barrett up on the uh, Supreme Court. Yeah. How poetic would it be if she is the one that gets up there and leads this charge and this woman kicks total A and finally overturns Roe v. Wade? That would be I, amazing. Oh, my gosh. And can you imagine how many nudie pictures we'd get from Emily Ratajkowski <laughs> after that? <laughs> She's just allowing herself to be used by the men who she hates. It's so stupid. Patriarchy wins again. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. So I know that there are a lot of you out there who are just, you know, you're living in constant pain. You might miss work because you're in constant pain. Like 50 million people miss work due to pain. Um, And you think that. It's just life. You're just going to have to live like that. You spend all of this money. I think most Americans spend like over $2,000 per year to combat their pain if they have pain issues. 66% expect to live the rest of their life with some pain. That's the most depressing statistic I've ever heard in my life. You're just like, I mean... Life sucks and it's painful all the time. What are you going to do? You don't have to live like that. We have seen so many people here uh, at Blaze TV, including myself. I know Jason has tried it too. Um, We have seen so many people here have their lives improved by Relief Factor. Um, Relief Factor is 100% drug-free. It was created by doctors, and it targets the inflammation in your body. There are four key ingredients in it that help your body fight against the inflammation, which you don't realize a lot of times is the root cause of your pain. Um, You can order a three-week quick start pack right now. 70% of the people who order this quick start pack, they go on to keep ordering Relief Factor. It is working for them. So you can go to relieffactor.com, get that three-week quick start pack for $19.95. If you're in pain and you're living just every day like that in pain, um, might I ask, is $19.95 so much to try when 70% of the people are saying it works for them? Relieffactor.com. Um, so we got some really sad news this morning right before we went on air. <laughs> I actually am really sad about this, Jason. <sighs> <laughs> grumpy cat, you know, the uh, the infamous grumpy cat where all of the memes have have come from. Grumpy Cat is no longer with us. Grumpy Cat is in, uh, Grumpy Cat has crossed the Rainbow Bridge and is in, in heaven. So he's now Happy Cat. No, I think he's still grumpy. You think he's still grumpy? Even up there? Well, she, I should say she. It is a she. It was a she. I'm so sad. I was reading the headlines when we, when we uh, first got here. And Grumpy Cat, uh, she was young. She was like seven. So no, I'm just, yes, I do know Grumpy I, did know Grumpy Cat's age, okay? So I don't like to brag about it, but I did know Grumpy Cat's age. So she had her whole life in front of her. 
She was middle-aged. Have a few litters. Didn't even, I mean, <laughs> just destroyed right in the middle, you know, right in the beginning of her life. Well, she was, I'm not saying she was a baby, okay? <laughs> but I'm just saying she had, I mean, my cat is older than, than Grumpy Cat. My, my, my firstborn <laughs> is older than Grumpy Cat. So, and he's still got a lot of spunk in him. You are one of the weirdest uh, animal lovers, I think. <laughs> Just so you guys know, not only is she a big grumpy cat aficionado, she oh. also wants a possum as a pet. Oh my gosh, I do. And a raccoon. <laughs> Which, for someone that drinks Natty Light like it's water, um, you would you would think this, you know, that their pets were, would be a raccoon and possum. I haven't had Natty Light in forever. Thank you very much. Forever, meaning like a week ago? First of all, I don't appreciate your impression of me because that's not how I speak. Second of all, I have not had Natty Light since college, I think. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Did we, all, we all had it like one time up here at the studio. No, we didn't. Yeah, did we, we did. Didn't we? Yeah, no. we did. Did we? Oh, we were supposed to, but they we, couldn't find it. So we ended up having a different different uh, beverage. Also, but you were going to. No, I think that you did have Natty Light. I had wine. Oh, Remember, right. I gave all of the that's men, right, right, I gave all right. of you men the Natty Light, and yeah. I had the wine. But we know you wanted to. No. It's just, if you I'm weren't such more, a health freak now. No, no. I'm I'm much more, uh, you know, high class. I you I the, saw how you I, could I, not concentrate on that show. <laughs> you were just staring at the at the can every time we brought it up to drink. <laughs> staring longingly. Holding that, like, beer bong that you drug out of your closet. <laughs> She's like, guys, guys. <laughs> Um, but no, so apparently Grumpy Cat had a, a recent urinary tract infection and didn't recover. How bizarre is that? I want to know, does that, do you get like royalties when your cat's face is used on stuff? I think they do, right? Don't they? I, th- I think this has been, I think they did a story, someone did a story on this not too long ago about how much Grumpy Cat makes, how much money. And I'm pretty sure they, they licensed him, uh, his image. And they got a crap ton of money off of it, I believe. That's really, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. You can make, I love capitalism. Capitalism <laughs> is the best. You can make money doing the craziest things, like taking pictures of your cat or having your kid go on YouTube and make uh, toy reviews. <laughs> there are some kids on YouTube making like $7 million or something just YouTube's going insane. on, yeah, just going on YouTube and being like, well, this toy seems to have wheels and it travels really far. Friends go out and buy it. Dude. That's crazy. Dude, YouTube is absolutely insane. There's like, um, I know everyone knows that like Fortnite player Ninja. You heard of him? I love how you say, I know everyone knows. I've never heard of this guy, but Serious. continue, you nerd. Like seriously. Okay, so so this is like Fortnite is that play is the game that's like, I'm sure if you have kids, I'm sure that all your kids probably play it or have talked about it. But, My uh, kid doesn't. Yeah, he's a little young. He's a little uh, young. Yeah. Give him a couple years till he playing. He it. doesn't even play Minecraft. I'm like, oh no, it's uh, too violent. Minecraft? Yes. You build things. It's not and violent. You kill things. Well, little like cartoon thingies. That's what. It's still like spiders. He, okay, he played. He played <laughs> it at, but no, and like buffalo and stuff, right? Or cows or something? Because oh, he played yeah. it at a friend's house, no, yeah, and he did. was just like, "We killed the cows," and I was like. <laughs> Ah, I don't want you playing that. You sounded a little bit too excited to kill the cows. 
Well, okay, so in well in Fortnite you kill other players, but like it's like highly competitive. And there's this one player called Ninja, and he just he streams via YouTube and like some other service, like his games. He makes high seven figures just playing this freaking game That's with insane. people watch. High seven figures. Who wants to watch someone play a video game, first of all? I don't get it. Dude, that's what they do now. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like my son, like he he was a he's a huge Xbox player. And he like that's all he would do. Now he hardly plays Xbox and he just watches other people on YouTube play Xbox. It's the weirdest thing. It's so bizarre. But they love it. It's, I don't I don't get it. There there is a draft now for that. For for playing for playing the video games. What? Yeah. For like sports games or something? Uh, um yeah, no, they get drafted internationally to go on and play for people to watch. Um and Dallas is like a, apparently a big hub for that. This is just ridiculous. I can't. What are we? What? I'm like, I, I totally missed the boat on that. I could have taught myself to play video games and just like, just did Made it. a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what kind of life that is? These kids, like these kids, they're growing up and they're just like, yeah, I think I'm going to sit here and have a Coke and eat some junk food and make millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, but you know what? They they don't make friends hardly at all. Oh, I know. There are going to be serious ramifications in society for the this generation that's growing up right now, having no normal contact with each other. No, they don't. Like my, like my son, he, he I'm like, hey, you gonna get you know you ha- gonna have some friends come over, or go to somebody's house, what? And he goes, no, we're all getting online, we're all logging on in about two hours, and we're gonna log on on Saturday at this time, blah blah blah. And they do. There's so like weird. there's like six to ten of them that all get together, but they don't care to hang out. Face to face, just off of this. That's that's what they like to do. See, it'd be kind. I, I kind of understand it if it was like three of them over here in one house, three of them in another. You know, yeah. But yeah, everyone's yeah. separate. Everyone is separate. Yeah, that's weird. I, I need to show him some Instagram photos of a Miss Radikowski. I think that might help him to say, "Hey, there's things outside that might things help with socializing your son." <laughs> A light bulb might turn on. Don't read the cont- Don't read the, the captions, you know, but just, you know, there's a lot of informative things in the pictures. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome back. Uh, Pat Gray is, he will be filling in for Glenn on radio today, but right now you're stuck with us, Sarah Gonzalez here and Jason Buttrell. By the way, you guys can uh, can tweet us if you guys have the Twitters, uh, at Sarah Gonzalez TX. Jason is at Jason Buttrell. You can call us also. The number here is 888-900-3393. Let us know what's on your mind. So <clears throat> we've recently talked on uh, on the news and why it matters. We have talked about the uh, Texas Advanced Directives Act, which comes up every so often in the mainstream news cycles whenever there is a you know, there's a big story going on. But a lot of people have no idea that this law even exists, that it's on the books, because you could never fathom that such a crazy law uh, would be somewhere like Texas. So what it really what it really means is that hospitals have ethics boards who can meet and determine for any reason that they choose that the patient that they are treating, that their care is futile. They can just say, yeah, we don't really think that it's we think that it's pointless to continue care because um, we just don't really want to continue care. And they can then give the patient's family 
10 days notice that they are going to remove life-sustaining treatments. Um, this has happened to where, you know, they they're literally killing patients here in Texas, in Texas of all places. And I will say, um, we've got a guest on the phone who maybe can verify this, but I will say, I think Houston actually is a hotspot for this. I feel like a lot of stories I read about this, it's always Houston. A couple years ago, 2015, there was Chris Dunn. He was in Houston at a Memorial Hospital and he, you know, he had gone in, he didn't have insurance, so he had gone into the emergency room for some pains. He, um, he didn't know what was going on and they sent him home. Turned out he went back later because it, it wasn't, you know, the, the stuff that they gave him wasn't helping. Turned out that he had, I believe it was pancreatic cancer, w- uh, ended up back in the hospital. He was responsive. There were videos of him out there. He was waving. He was pleading, saying, I don't want to die. Please don't turn my machines off. And they still, you know, with this with this 10 day rule, the hospital ethics board can still determine that they don't want to save you and you know your life is not valuable enough that's insane i know so there's a, there's a story that's going on right now and i know you guys think you think that i've i've taken a turn and we're going to get into a very heavy topic but i i want to say i believe that this this particular story uh today does have a really good ending um i want to bring in uh elizabeth graham texas right to life director elizabeth graham um elizabeth i know texas right to life has been working with carolyn jones who is uh has been the latest victim of this brutal, brutal 10-day rule in Texas. She she has, but so far, uh, we have a happy ending. Um, we did Operation Jailbreak or Hospital Break a couple nights ago. Texas Right to Life raised money to pay for a private ambulance and to help with Carolyn's continuing medical care. And we moved her out of Memorial Hermann Southwest and transferred her to a different hospital And she was, as of yesterday morning, receiving dialysis. And the hospital said, you know, she is breathing on her own, but so as to relieve her physiological distress, let's go ahead and put her back on breathing assistance just to help, you know, relieve her body stress. And that way, maybe she won't have to work so hard when she's going through dialysis and trying to recover. So so the good news is... That as of yesterday, she was stable. And I'm sorry to interrupt you again, Sarah, but I do need to make one clarification. Okay. Chris Dunn in 2015, he was never actually confirmed as diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. The hospital Correct. did not run tests to confirm that. And he was at Methodist in Houston. Not Methodist. Memorial. Okay. Yes. That, and yes. thank you for clarifying that um, because they, sure. that is a great point to that story because they, the, the doctors kept assuming that that was the diagnosis, but they would not run the blood tests uh, that would, that would go ahead and confirm that. Do I have that right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, you know, Chris's mother said, I, I mean, can we just maybe run a blood test to, to confirm this diagnosis <laughs> that you guys are just reaching and the, the doctors didn't want to do it. Um, but back to Carolyn. So walk us through exactly what her story was. How did she get to um, Memorial Hermann in Houston where they then determined they didn't want to keep her alive? She suffered a stroke, and so she has had complications from the stroke. The stroke was in November, and she has uh, been in and out of a couple different hospitals since November, but the latest hospitalization started in March, and 
the hospital started the 10 days and then they did not follow the statutory process. And so uh, Carolyn's family called Texas Right to Life for help because when the 10 days is officially started by the ethics committee, which you so accurately represented in your, your uh, lead up to the story, the hospital did not follow the statutory process. And so therefore they could not actually go through with the 10 days, but they called Texas right to life because Texas right to life is listed in the paperwork when the family's given the 10 day letter and they said, what's going on. So we went and researched to see if the hospital did follow the statutory process. They did not. And so we called the hospital and said, you cannot go through with this. And so they backed down a little bit, but then, um, Later in Carolyn's illness, they started the 10 days again, most recently. And so they were to withdraw her treatment last Monday and they started to, they turned off her ventilator, but she breathed on her own for 72 hours. And then of course, uh, the next day turned off her dialysis, further jeopardizing her case. And what we really found out, we've been told throughout the years, as we've been trying to change this law, is that this is not about the money. This has nothing to do with the money. Hmm. We're a little bit mystified by that in this situation because Carolyn uh, does not have insurance and her Medicaid eligibility is delayed. And while we know her care is expensive, Mm -hmm. we're having a little bit of difficulty believing that this is not financially motivated because at one point the hospital did tell our general counsel that she's Medicaid only pays for a hundred and excuse me, Medicare only pays for 120 days and she's at day 113. And that seemed to coincide hmm. with the next 10 days starting. Uh, Elizabeth, I'm, I'm new to this whole 10 day rule thing. <laughs> this sounds like something out of a 1984 Orwellian novel. How is this in Texas? And can you describe what actually this is? Like, I've never heard of this. I don't think most people living in this state have. Most, you're right. Most people have never heard of this law until they are sick or a loved one is sick and go to the hospital and are up against this. So in 1997, Governor Bush, then Governor Bush, vetoed a bill at the request of Texas Right to Life's president, Dr. Joseph Graham, my belated father in law, that would have been worse. And so Governor Bush said, okay, I vetoed this bill, but the medical folks really wanted it. You guys get in a room and negotiate something. And so when a governor asks you to negotiate something, you come out with a bill. At the time, we had taken, you know, what's what we say, a knife to a gunfight. We didn't know what we we're up against. We went through two years of bloodletting negotiations, and it was pretty much every medical lobbyist and in the state against the pro-lifers, which was fine. And we were told at the time, 10 days is reasonable. This is, these will be business days. Hospitals are open 24 seven. This would only happen for patients who are really dying when the families are, you know, can't come to grips and can't let go. This would never happen on patients who are conscious. You know, it would only happen when people are in the throes of dying. And our position was, well, if they're in the throes of dying, they're not going to live 10 days. They're going to expire naturally within 48. And so we actually thought 10 days was generous if people were actually dying. And so we, so during these negotiations, the medical folks completely misrepresented how they would apply the statute. And so in 2003 and 2005, Texas Right to Life started receiving calls from people who were being victimized and 
we still take calls from probably two to three patients a month who are going through this process. And Texas Right to Life Sense has helped over 500 families going through this process. We've gone to ethics committee meetings. We've helped families find legal counsel if they want it. They're not always litigious. They just want a lawyer to help them navigate, you know, the Mm -hmm. process. We've helped them find transfers. We've helped them find new doctors, uh, all different. We've helped them get second opinions. We've helped them, you know, rush the insurance paperwork to secure a transfer, all different parts of the transfer and caring for these patients we've helped navigate. But in 1999, 10 days was the most we could get. And we now know that the statute is completely abused and misrepresented. And we have helped patients in the range of four months to 90 years old. And these are patients who have been conscious, unconscious, uh, simply disabled. They can speak for themselves. They have all ranges of insurance to none to supplemental. Um, in 2006, there was a patient who knew she had congenital heart problems and she had bought all kinds of supplemental insurance throughout her life because she knew she had a heart problem. And she actually wrote out on a piece of paper, I want to live. Mm-hmm. And she was a victim of the 10 day law. And we were able to, um, work to find her a new physician and she lived six more weeks. And even though she was very sick and her family knew that she probably was not going to live, you know, a year, they were very relieved that they were not complicit in speeding her death. And our position is if the hospital really thinks these folks are dying, these patients are dying, why do we have to rip the families away from the bedside and throw them into this nightmare of a legal fight or even an ethics fight with the hospital? If the patients are really dying, shouldn't we encourage the families to stay at the bedside of the patients mm-hmm. while the patients are dying? Because if they really are dying, the patients probably are not going to live much past three to four days at the longest if they really are in the throes of dying. But what happens is the hospitals just decide the person's life is futile rather than saying that the medical care is futile. So they've, made a, they've made a quality of life value judgment against the medical treatment versus the efficaciousness or against the person's life first as opposed to the efficaciousness of the medical treatment. Elizabeth, how much power do they have? Like if, if I, if this happens to a member of my oh. family and I say, no, 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 I don't, I don't want you to cut the cord. I, I, there's a experimental treatment going on in, I don't know, you know, in Tennessee or something. And I want to take them to that hospital. Can they stop me from doing that? Excellent question. Uh, a couple, and I'm sorry, if my answer's too long. Please stop me. <laughs> um, they can, well, there's a number of ways to answer that. So uh, technically, no, they cannot stop you. But if you're like with Carolyn Jones, the, the patient this week, she needed to be transferred on a gurney, a hospital bed, and she needed some cooperation from the ICU to stabilize her, to move her out of the hospital. Mm. And so they actually could have stopped Carolyn and they forced Donald to sign the husband, all these papers saying, I won't sue. I'm under protest and all this. And of course he said, well, of course I'm going to sign these papers. I want my wife out of here. You guys have been trying to kill her for months. So he was, 
so they can stop in that regard, but also they can stop behind the scenes. The hospital can call the other facilities and say, well, we said this guy was futile, so I don't know why you'd want him, but I have to make this call to see if you'll take him so that I can check the box to say that I've made transfer attempts. Transfer attempts are not going to happen from you calling a hospital saying, hey, my brother's sick and I want to move him there. Transfers happen doctor to doctor or hospital administrator to hospital administrator. Mm. And so the hospitals actually do hold all the power. And once in the hospital ethics committee, which is generally comprised of people on the hospital payroll, once a hospital ethics committee makes the decision to render a patient futile and start the 10 days, the only recourse for a patient is to go to court for a temporary restraining order. There is no appeal to the decision of the ethics committee. So this is the largest deprivation of civil liberty and lack of due process in the country. Insane. Is in the Texas, yeah, in the Texas Advanced Directives Act. So um, really quickly, we've got about a minute here. What what how can we how can we do away with this? I, I'm shocked that this hasn't been repealed already. So yeah. what, what do we do? Well, first of all, for those in Texas, um, there is a very slim chance that Senate Bill 2089 can pass the Texas House. It would have to pass by Tuesday at midnight of this week. Senate Bill 2089 and people can go to TexasRightToLife.com for updates on that. Uh, but even before that, we need to pray that for public awareness and that people, the hearts of legislators are changed to change this law. And we've been trying to change it for a number of years. And it's sad that it just took a, the horrible saga of Carolyn to raise awareness about this. Yeah. So I think prayer and contacting legislators and if people want to know more or to help Carolyn, they can um, donate and go to our website, TexasRightToLife.com. I think that's the easiest answer. Thank you so much for all that that you guys uh, are doing, not just for this issue, but for all of the the pro-life issues going on out there. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. And you should tell people if they get sick in Texas to run to the Oklahoma border, Oklahoma is very protective of hospitalized patients. (laughs) Wow. All right. Yeah, man, who knew? And they can go to uh, Texas Right to Life to uh, donate money for Carolyn. TexasRightToLife.com. Yes. Thanks a lot, y'all. Perfect. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, so imagine, if you will, uh, sailing through, you know, the Mediterranean. You've got, you know, you're on this giant ship and you've got gourmet Italian food and it's awesome nightlife and you're just relaxing poolside on the deck. OK, are you with me? Are you following me? That sounds awesome, right? All right. So you can join Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, Stu, David Barton, Rabbi Lappin uh, on a 14-day adventure next spring sailing in the eastern Mediterranean. You're going to visit Italy. You're going to visit Croatia. You're going to visit Jerusalem and Israel, um, Athens, Greece, to explore the roots of Western civilization on the cruise through history. Uh, you can explore Venice, uh, the birthplace of commerce. You can tour Greece. You can walk where Jesus and his disciples shared the gospel that sparked Christianity. This is huge, you guys. This is going to be a cruise like no other. And you've got Glenn there to share it with you, Mr. History Buff himself. That's going to be awesome. You can bring your children, bring your grandchildren to share this amazing experience. Show them how this region of the world inspired our constitutions and our founders to create this grand experiment that we call America. You can go to comesailaway.com to learn all of the details and all of the different packages. That is comesailaway.com. 
Jason Buttrell in for uh, Pat Gray, who you will be joined by for the Glenn Beck radio program here in just a little bit. 888-900-3393. If you guys want to call, you know, shout out. It's it's Friday. Gosh, it didn't it didn't feel like it was Friday this morning when Mm. we woke up at like 3 a.m. So it's Friday. Whatever you guys want to talk about, uh, let us know. You can tweet us at Sarah Gonzalez TX and uh, at Jason Buttrell. Um, got some tweets to uh, to get into, but first, um, you know, DC liberals are now trying to import socialism to America. Um, what a lot of you guys out there don't know is that HHS Secretary Alex Azar, he's actually helping helping their cause, D.C. liberals cause, by trying to let foreign countries dictate the prices of your medications. Because what could possibly go wrong if we let foreign countries dictate the price of our medications in the United States? Oh, my gosh, nothing terrible could happen. Oh, wait. No, actually, it will lead to shortages of vital medicines and set medical research back decades, which will then make it harder for researchers to find cures for really terrible diseases like diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, um, I didn't sign up for, for foreign governments meddling with my health care. Did you, Jason? Did you I, sign up for that? I did not. I don't remember signing a document uh, to let that happen. So thankfully, FreedomWorks is doing everything they can to sound the alarm and stop Azar's experiment in socialized medicine in its tracks. They cannot do it by themselves. They need your help. That's why we are asking you to go to www.freedomworks.org slash pat. Tell Secretary Azar to fix patients, not prices obviously tying the prices of your medicine to other countries that doesn't put america first that does not put you first you have got to fight this help us fight this with everything we have it's going to take every single person listening to do it go to www.freedomworks.org/pat and tell secretary azar to put america first fix patients not prices that is www.freedomworks.org/pat all right let's read a couple tweets and then we can kind of digest the uh the phone call with you know, Elizabeth from earlier. I was yes. just thinking there was this one time when there was this like French guy in a beret and this like Italian guy with a really big mustache and mm-hmm. he was using a lot of hand gestures mm-hmm. and he they did come up with their heavy accents. That's what tipped me off to it. Okay. And they were okay. like, Can, would you sign mm-hmm. this paper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that will let us meddle in your health care? <laughs> I was very close, but I held firm. There was that one time. If there would have been, be- if there would have been a Mexican with a sombrero, would it have pushed you over the edge? You know, it might have. It probably, uh-huh. I probably would have given it at that time. But I just want the full disclosure that did happen one time. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for that uh, very insightful information that you chose to interrupt me for. Uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The pickled squirrel uh, commenting on Alyssa Milano. Good name. Yeah. yeah the pickled squirrel. Uh, I haven't tried my squirrel pickled, <laughs> so I, I can't speak for how delicious that is. Um, so he said it's easy. Fame is a drug. And Alyssa, Alyssa Milano is hopelessly hooked. I will say 
I feel like Alyssa Milano, you know, fame is a drug and I agree with you there, but I also think Alyssa Milano is just desperately trying to cling to whatever relevancy she still has. Oh, for sure. I mean, she she getting up there and I guess she's doing new things, but I don't think that they're popular. That's what that's what they this is this is how they do this because this is they know this is so like liberal causes are so popular where they're at in Hollywood. Colin Kaepernick came out as an activist when he sucked and he didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano has always sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she was at her bottom out, you know, of no relevance, then she's like, oh, I'm going to become an activist. And like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's all about fame and relevance. Yeah. Um, Jason, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, Alexandria Go says Emily Ratajkowski should go naked everywhere she goes 24 hours a day. That would show men how evil they are. Oh, I totally agree with Alexandria Go. Uh, you have hit the nail on the head. And uh, yeah, they all should, you know, except from Ellis Milano. You should not do that. But Emily should. <laughs> <laughs> um, pro tip there for Emily. I mean, I think Emily is a big fan of the show. Listener. So, uh, Emily, she probably, if you're out she there. probably is. Yeah. If you're out there, uh, just feel, feel free to call in or be a, or be an in-studio guest by all means <laughs> while, while you're, uh, doing your little and protest, protest. us at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> protest us, uh, protest the hell out of us while you're here. I don't think that, I don't think that we'd be able to show that, but, but Jason could see her on the couch, so it'd be fine. Perfect. Uh, Kara says, I hate to put it this way, but this is a great point, Kara. If it were illegals on the border being taken off of life support while begging doctors not to, leftists everywhere would be raising hell about it. Mm-hmm. That is a great point. Yep. Because, again, you know, we talked about this with the whole immigration reform thing earlier. I mean, the leftists freaked out that we were daring to detain people and we were daring separate children from their, you know, who we thought might be their parents, but we weren't sure. And we had to keep the children in one place and keep the the adults in the other place because that's just the way you do it. Um, they're calling that a humanitarian crisis. They're calling conservatives all sorts of names, even though Obama and Clinton did it first. <clears throat> Um, but now when it comes to literally killing people, they have nothing to say about it. Interesting. Yeah. Only when it serves their purpose. That's it. I mean, I, I just, it's, it's so hard for me to grasp the level of cognitive dissonance required to think that way. It's just unbelievable to me. I just, I can't get it. The cognitive dissonance, not only with what's going on, you know, um, at the, at the border, but also the fact that you, your guys did it first. Your guys did it first and you were fine with it. You were completely fine with it. And now that you hear that your guys did it first, you're just like, well, that doesn't really count. That part, that one doesn't count, but Trump's evil and also racist. Pretty sure cognitive dissonance is a requirement now for, for the left. That's like in the when you sign your oh. left card or Democrat card. That's one of the requirements that you have to check the off. The only quiz they've ever aced. <laughs> it's Pat Gray unleashed on the Blakes. <laughs> okay, Shut all right. We're coming back from break and Don't. There, there's a TV on in here that we have Fox News on <laughs> and I looked to the TV and I said uh, there were what five people <laughs> all men except one woman in the middle and I said oh I like that girl's dress right there the only female and Jason goes which one 
Okay, in, in my in, in my defense, I was still looking it's at... There's only one woman there, Jason. I was still looking at the picture from Emily Raddick, whatever, and there was no dress on there. So you're, I was you're like... still looking at it. Still looking at you it. You got to turn that off. You got to <laughs> X out that the box before you get home. The rest of the day is just destroyed. Yeah. I'm just going to keep... I'm, I'm, go, I'm scrolling through that Instagram like cray cray. I'm just creeping up on that Instagram. Ugh. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. You guys can call us 888-900-3393. You can tweet us. I am at Sarah Gonzalez and uh, at Jason Buttrell. Phone lines are absolutely destroyed right now. There's about like, what? Is that like 20... 425 well we'll we'll get to it we'll get to as many as we can uh i think we we are gonna take a call but first we want to uh, talk to you about ridizone now i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that you don't have a stoplight on your kitchen table that just flashes red when you're supposed to stop eating do you have that jason uh no okay Just wanted to double check. I mean, someone out there might. I don't know, but I'm going to assume that you don't. Uh, Well, you do have a stoplight that's naturally present in your body. It's called OEA. So OEA sends a signal to your brain that you're full. But a lot of us, we don't produce enough OEA to actually feel that effect. Um, And that's why we keep eating and some of us gain weight. I mean, I'm not going to mention any names here, Jason, but Mm. some of us. Thanks. Some of us do that. Yeah. Uh, you can get your body some help <laughs> if you are struggling with weight loss. Get Ridizone. Ridizone contains OEA uh, and it's formulated to help you know when you're full. So you can think of Ridizone as that stoplight that you're lacking. Um, it sends a signal to your brain so you can feel fuller naturally. Obviously, willpower is only going to get you so far. I know, you know, it's tough to be on a diet and you just feel like you're just depriving yourself of all things delicious and nothing's working. You step on the scale and you are just demotivated. Don't let that happen to you. Uh, you can go to ridiazone.com, get a special offer right now at ridiazone.com. That is R I D U. Z-O-N-E dot com. All right, we've got Gary from Michigan here on the phone. What's up, Gary? Good morning, Sarah and Jason. Good morning. morning. What's on your mind? Hey, I have a novel idea for campaign finance. Okay. And that would be, I'd, I'd like some of the Republicans, but not all of them. I don't want to support Romney or Burr or people like that. So I was thinking, why don't I send my 100 or 200 dollars to Melania Trump, then she can put it in their joint account and use it as they wish. Huh. <laughs> huh. I, okay. Okay. I mean, if I'm Melania, I like that plan. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> are you, Gary, are you seeing uh, any, you're in Michigan, right? Yes. How's, how's Michigan looking uh, as far as like local Republican mm-hmm. candidates? Because out here in Texas, it's, I, I'm actually getting kind of scared because uh, a lot of progressives have been moving in on some of the like the lower level city level uh, um, uh, uh, positions. And it's like what used to be like hardcore red is starting to turn blue little by little. Are you seeing something like that in Michigan? Well, I don't I don't see it turning hardcore one way or the other, but I see friends of mine that have been lifelong Democrats. And, you know, I used to work with the UAW and that, and I've never been a Democrat, but they they just pull that lever because it's Democrat, and yet then they complain about, like, our new governor, you know, she wants to veto the abortion, refinance bills and all that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they just do it. They don't think. They don't even know what these people stand for. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how you break that. You know, how are the. I, uh, I talk to them all the time. And 
you know, they, they're against what the, what these people are doing. Yet they still vote for him. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Trump Trump actually did a, did a really good job in Michigan and uh, yes. and convinced a lot of people in Michigan to to vote for him and and to you know turn away from policies that were failing. Is that are they still sticking behind him or are they start are there, are some of those people that were kind of in the middle that uh, that went to the GOP. Are they starting to see Biden, Biden as a, as a yeah. person that could yeah. middle class Joe? Yeah, middle class Joe. Are, are they looking at him more favorably now? Or are they sticking with Trump? Uh, hey, they vote for Debbie Stabenow for twenty years. I can't. I can't say what they'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how stupid can you be? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Gary. Thanks, uh, Gary, for your call. You know, I really love Andrew Heaton's idea of well it's not he didn't coin the idea but he's the one who brought it to the topic uh, to the to the table for conversation of um ranked choice voting mm. when you're talking about you know voting and you have the two parties and you just feel like you can you have to support republicans or the left has to support a democrat um because it's just this war against the two parties i love the idea of ranked choice voting um that you would just list your you know top three choices or top five choices and in order. And so if your first choice does not, you know, does not make it, then your vote goes to your second choice or your third choice. I love that idea. That way you don't get that feeling of my vote doesn't matter. You my know, vote or, doesn't matter. Or I have, yeah, I have to vote for, you know, um, the Republican because yeah. I like, I'm going to waste my vote if I go vote for the independent that I really like much better. Yeah. I would love something like that to Some, happen. Anything to break this two party, you know, domination of our government. It was never meant to be that. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's morphed into that. We've got to find some way to can we finally get like a libertarian candidate that's like legitimately has a that's shot? Not crazy. It's not crazy. <laughs> and that has a legitimate I, shot. I don't think so, because I think it's it's a lesser known fact of the libertarian party. But um, it it is a fact that you do, in fact, have to be crazy to uh, <laughs> to be uh, not a member of of the libertarian party but a leader yeah in the libertarian party i think i i i would consider running uh like actually trying to go for it and running for like some kind of like i don't congress or something like that as a libertarian i would actually consider it. i don't think that they would even accept me into it because there's certain things like fundamentally i agree with pretty much everything i'm, I'm floating a lot more towards the libertarian side but there's some things that i just would not be for like and it, but it's the thing that that always is a hang up for them, like mm-hmm. you know the whole you know drugs and prostitutes thing that you know <laughs> those two issues I have a hard time getting past right there. You know the whole drugs and <laughs> prostitute <laughs> thing, that old thing. I, I was like, I remember when I was first hearing about it, I was like, yeah, and then yeah, and then that's right, that's me, and then like oh, but the drugs and prostitutes. <laughs> I was like, what do we do with that? So what would be Jason Buttrell's <laughs> position on that? On the drugs and prostitutes? On the drugs and prostitutes whole thing. Yikes. You know, because there, there's got to be, uh, it's, there's, there's the belief in freedom mm-hmm. and then, but then there's uh, morality yeah. that gets in there. And I, I, I it's hard. It, it is. It's really hard. And it's like, how do you, it, they kind of go at odds mm-hmm. at that point. And that's kind of where I am on that. Like when you're really trying to think where you are politically or like what you really believe at the core fundamental beliefs. Like we talked about that with abor- abortion yesterday mm-hmm. on the news and why. Um, that's how I try to, that's usually my true North. But then when things start button up against my religious uh, beliefs mm-hmm. and my, and morality, that's when, I don't know, you yeah. know, that's, that's when, you know, politics don't really mesh well, you know, at that, at that point. But I am pretty much all libertarian except when it gets to that, to that point. 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it is hard because you say, well, who are well, on the drug issue? Who are we to tell someone what they can and can't do to their bodies? Mm. Um, you know, what they want to put in their bodies. If they want to be unhealthy, we can, you know, let them be unhealthy. Um, you know, and then you want you kind of wince and you go, oh, I don't feel comfortable saying people should be allowed to like inject heroin. But then you're like, I mean, alcohol is poison to our bodies and right. we drink that. And then and we th- smoke. Right. We do all. I mean, I don't. But we do all of these things that really it's not not good for our bodies. We let everyone do that. So why stop there? I mean, it is a, it's a really weird conundrum. Yeah. And that's when I that's when I say, well, if if I'm listening to my own preaching, when I say, look, we're not babies, the government doesn't have to tell us right. what is good right. or bad for me. I can make that decision. Right. So then when I'm starting thinking about that, I'm like, OK, yeah, drugs and prostitutes. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, but, yeah. you know, and then I sit at church, you know, on Sunday morning and I'm like, yeah, but I just ugh. but but we can't legislate morality. Yeah. Right. Because then the next people who are in office who want to legislate on their specific morality may not be what our morals are. And then that's where we get into a really sticky, you know, slippery slope. But I know it is. a It's a tough. It's a really tough thing. Um, all right. So if you, I don't know, watch 60 Minutes or you own a home, um, you may have heard of. This new crime, before we started talking about this here on the network, I honestly, I legit had no idea that this actually existed. Um, cyber criminals can actually do some little magic on the computer, find your um, your property deed and your, your mortgages, your home title that's kept in a database. They can hack into it. They can, I guess, I mean, I don't want to give you guys the steps to being a cyber criminal, but they can basically just steal your house from right under you and all of the equity that you've had in it, everything that you have built and put into your house can be stolen. And there's just absolutely no recourse for it. There's can, no... Can I just say, when I was... Remember that dark web special? Yes, did? yes. I saw home titles on there for sale. No way. Straight up, yeah. How much were they for sale for? I don't remember because it was like in Bitcoin and it was kind of weird. But like you could buy that. You could buy people's full aden- identities, credit cards, social security numbers, uh, home titles are on there as well. Absolutely. Nuts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And anyone can navigate to that. So if I, anyone can go there, if you got some Bitcoin, you can buy it. Oh That's my That's how bad it is. Gosh. Speaking of morality, <laughs> golly, yeah. we've got a lot of crappy people in this world. Right. Um, you don't want this to happen to you. You certainly don't want to be, you know, minding your own business at your home and someone knocks at your door and shows up and they're like, we're here to move in. Who are you? Like that same Italian French guy that came trying to sell yeah. me their health care? Yeah. yeah, exactly. No way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, there is no insurance company, no, um, you know, no nothing, no identity theft program. No other place except Home Title Lock can help you. They put a virtual barrier around your home and they let you know. They detect tampering and they will, will let you know immediately and shut it down. This is for pennies a day. You guys, if you have not signed up for this, it is well worth it. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com, register for your free title scan and report. That is a $100 value and you would not know if you have been compromised until you go and do this sign up, get that report for free with sign up at hometitlelock.com. What are you doing this weekend, Jason? 
man, my kids have been complaining. They want the pool and the backyard ready to go because it's starting to get hot out here in Texas. It's like 90 degrees today. It is, it is hot. Oh my it's gosh. really hot. It's getting to the point where like you just walk outside and you're like, oh, God, I just want to go back in. So if you're watching the video feed on Monday, because we're filling in for Pat again on Monday and all next week. You're going to see a very sunburnt Jason. Yeah. And I'll show you my blisters on Monday. It's going to, I do this every year. I don't know why I wait and do it all at once. Because you're a man and you men procrastinate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I didn't mean it in in an endearing way, but But sure. Took it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, and thank you for bringing that up. We are going to be filling in. uh, You're going to be seeing a lot of us next week. We are going to be filling in for Pat all week, and then we're we've got Steve Dace on Friday, I think. Pat and Steve Dace, yeah, and the news. I don't know if I'm gonna last uh, next week. It's gonna be a whole lot of Sarah and Jason. Oh my gosh, whole lot of us. I mean, I know you guys want a whole lot of Sarah. I'm sorry about the Jason part. There's really just nothing that can be done about it. Um, so this weekend, we we have a uh, we've got a tough decision to make. My husband and I. Because as you know, Jason, we've been going through this uh, this home renovation for what feels like 10 million years. Nightmare. Um, it's been about six weeks, I think, couple months. And um, what started out as a dishwasher leak led to, okay, the leak has caused cabinet damage. Um, okay, there's also water that seeped underneath the tile. And so we've got to completely gut your entire kitchen and replace it now. It's not all bad, right? Because you get a new kitchen, but you do have to pay the insurance deductible um, for it. So they came in, um, they ripped everything out. Our kitchen was unusable. They redid the cabinets. They put them back in. Um, They repainted everything. They painted the walls. There was just problem after problem after problem. The, the, the biggest one being that our one side of our kitchen, it has uh, the granite countertop has a big overhang. Um, so it doesn't, it's not flush with the, where the cabinet is. Mm. It overhangs, which A, you can put bar stools there um, and, and put them under the, the countertop if you need to. But B, they were, they were created that way just to give you some extra countertop space. So we noticed when they put the new granite in one side, that one side, they didn't measure right. They put the new granite in that was just flush with the countertop and that, I mean that's like it was like 10 inches of space um, and not just 10 inches but I mean 10 inches out as an overhang on that entire area so it was a, a huge space that they took off well luckily granite's really cheap so if yeah. you don't cut it right it's like really cheap oh to just totally cheap one. it's super cheap super simple <laughs> it's all fine did you have to pay for another one I didn't have to pay for the other one but um, you know think about the time that we've spent now on this so the new granite went in to the new sink. Oops, we measured wrong. We have to redo it. Great. Okay. Come in, redo the one side. Oops, we broke the sink that was no. that we had just put in, the brand new sink that what? we just put in, the new granite that was wrong. Got to get you a new sink. Where did you get it? Okay. We, you know, we've like we've fixed it. We've remeasured. We got you the new sink. We put it in. Everything's right. Oh, wait. Except they didn't do it right. And they clearly got this new piece of granite from a different cut. (laughs) So if you look at the kitchen, if you're really looking, 
one side now it's the same style like it's it's the same uh, color ish right like you've got different colors of granite and they're all the different categories it's not a completely different granite style but it's a different color so you've got one side that's much 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 lighter it's mostly white and then you've got the other side that if you're really paying attention you can tell it's got way more of a dark gray pattern it's not that same light cut. So I've got two different types of granite. And on the windowsill above where the new lighter one is, we've got the old dark gray variant. So now they're mismatched. Where'd you find these contractors? Like <laughs> the depths of hell. <laughs> like seriously, did someone recommend them? And then the plumber recommended like, them. <laughs> and the plumber was great. So I'm like, I don't know who you're hanging out with, guy, but you need to find new friends. Actually, look, look, but look on the bright side. They keep screwing up so much that by, by the, at the end of all this, you'll probably just have a I'll brand have a new, new house. house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll actually just move me into a new house. Like, oops, our bad. Yeah. We collapsed the chimney. So- no problem. <laughs> Build me a new one. <laughs> so now I will say um, the general manager is now involved, which uh, Jason, you know me. If the general manager in, is involved and I'm the customer, general manager better be ready for me because I'm at that point. If I've got to get the general manager involved, I ain't happy. <laughs> Sarah's like one of those annoying like uh, people that totally. like will just go off on someone like in the middle I of will say <laughs> I will say I give them so <laughs> So much leeway and I am I try to wait. Okay, they've made a mistake. That's fine. I'm not going to freak out. But once I get to that point, once you've gotten me to that escalation <laughs> level, there is no turning back from it. So I will say he's very nice and he's been very helpful. Um, but he basically just told us, you know, we got to decide what we want to do. Do if we want them to rip everything out and make sure that it matches and redo it all over again, they'll do it. But we've now got to decide if we want to go through the hassle of doing that again. And I want to ask the listeners if you could t- if you could tweet and let me know what you guys would do. I it's hard to explain. I know there's no pictures uh, to show you guys. It's one of those things that it's like if someone was really observant and paying attention, like let's say we go to sell the house. Right. Someone who's going to look at the house, if they're really observant and paying attention, if they're like me, they once they saw it, you can't unsee it. Like it's all it's all that I think about. It's consuming me. I'm just like it's these are different. I have a mismatched kitchen. It's been so long now. I almost think like you're being tested. So they're like, let's now we're just screwing with her. So let's see. what we can. Let's see what we can get her to accept. I'd be like, you take this as like a personal challenge. Like I'd I'd have to say you'd have to do something. And come on, you, you can't accept below average, you know, work on your house. Not you can't. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. the problem is, is it's just taking so much of your time. It's been such a time sink. But I think that also they're probably banking on that too. Like, wow, there's no way, you know, like she's not going to want to put up with this that much longer. That's why you have to stand firm, girl. You, you do it. So I, so I just, I have to just have them just redo it all over again. Oh yeah. You'd have to. That's what I would do. I would do no, that. I'm the, the only other way is to protest or something like that. You could protest like <laughs> Emily. And then when they show up, you go, you know how mad I am? And just be straight in the nude in your kitchen. <laughs> you would get them. They would never recover from that. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, all right. So you guys let let me know what you think. And uh, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say the protest is not. That's not. That's none of the above. Uh, that's not the answer that I'm looking for. But I, like I just. I, I'm. Tr- yeah, I can tell, <laughs> Jason. So aside from the protest, I just part of me wants to be like. Just give uh, like give me some of the money that I spent back mm. and get out of my house. But then part of me is like, uh, I just want my stuff to match. I wonder if you can get like an upgrade, like an upgraded version because of the time. Well, they did ask. They were like, do you have any other stuff that you need done around the house? And I was like, well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sure I could come up with something. Let them do it. They'll screw it up and then they'll <laughs> screw something else up. And like I said, this is going to be a chain reaction. You will have a new house. Get a new house. It'll be like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's house by the end. Like in your street, it'll be the only one that looks like it belongs in like Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like what happened? We got these contractors and they suck. That's funny. That reminds me of um, one of my friends. They... Uh, well, his parents, it was terrible. Their house burned down. I mean, it was absolutely awful. Um, they lost a whole lot. But once they rebuilt that puppy, oh my gosh, you could not miss their house in the neighborhood because all of the houses around them are, were built in like the 80s, maybe the 90s. And theirs was just, just gigantic, brand spanking new, uh, you know, like elegant. And it ended up working out great for them. Oh my gosh. Do I have time for a small rant? I mean, a, do we have that time? a miniature one. How much time do we have? Please, three please, minutes. Please, 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 please. Go okay, for three it. Three minute rant. So, That's okay, so short speaking rant of, for Jason, a lot of people don't do a whole lot of like upgrades inside their house, but the property value from the outside still keeps going up. So the way Texas does property value, are you aware of this? The yes. way they do it, it's yes. an algorithm. Yes. So every year when they decide how much you need to be paying on your taxes, the mm-hmm. tax rate basically stays fixed, but they constantly every year yeah. raise the value. Jack it up. Mm-hmm. And it's purely based on a computer algorithm. Yeah. So like every year in Texans, you know this worst of all, is that our pro- we pay out the rear mm-hmm. in property tax. And so this year, I, I heard that you can protest it. So if you go to your county's website, yes. uh, you, fi- we you did that. type in your thing. I finally did that. Did you- they send you something yet? They so, didn't send, they didn't, we did it like at the beginning of the week and we didn't get a Okay, so I don't know what, yet. I don't know where county you're in. Don't say on the, yeah, on the uh, here, yeah. but obviously, but I'm, but, so I'm not stupid. In, thank you. In my county, it's all automated. So like once you go in, you hit protest, mm-hmm. it does an automatic like thing. So you like say, no, my house isn't worth a gazillion dollars. Yeah. It's worth did you include? That. Did you include evidence? Like, did you include you any have, supporting documentation? I didn't. don't have to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, di- I didn't, but I didn't know if you did. Yeah. You, I just, I just looked up what the other houses that are that size in my, in my neighborhood and mm-hmm. I put that price and then they like instantly within like two minutes, they spit me back a counter offer. Really? So regardless, you'll pay less. So if you, di- I never got one. Yeah. It's, it's I just that I think it depends on the website in the County that you're in. But if you're in Texas, do this every year. It's too late now, but do it every year because they're fleecing us on purpose, I think. It's absolutely, it's theft. Oh, no, they they absolutely are. I mean, it's the the maximum that they can raise it is 10% every year. And coincidentally... Every year it raises 10%. exactly 10%. Imagine that. Huh. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. How lucky are we that we get to, you know, live in a place that we're paying mortgages for um, and then they're raising the value on it every single year and we're still paying the mortgage and then we're paying more in taxes. Yeah. God, that's so lucky. So you never truly own your property. Right. You're always paying on that. 
always they, beholden. And they and they and they never actually like publicize that you can like all this entire process. Oh, they make it not. very easy for you to pay and they raise it behind the scenes. It's yeah. such crap. I know. It really is. Uh, I would like to say before we go, the consensus I believe on Twitter is that I need to rip this this granite out and make it match. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say you, you need to start a protest. Come on, that Twitter. That may also be the... Come on, Twitter. <laughs> you can do better than that. Missed opportunity, Twitter. Let's do it. Let's do a poll. In Twitter poll. Oh Should Sarah gosh. do a protest? We'll see. we'll see you guys Monday. <laughs>